This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your guest host, Pete Stajakovich. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. How you doing, Pete? Uh, good. A little bit confused. Uh, I, what am I doing here? Looks like you're about to sneeze. <laughs> well, thank God you are not. You didn't notice me sweating. <laughs> but what you're doing here, Pete, we should say, is, is Craig Anderson is on the show today. So we don't want to bury the lead. But what you're doing here is that... Adam just had a baby girl. That's right. He's been in it for a few days, into fatherhood, that Into is. fatherhood, two days. Yeah, exciting times. But yep. uh, everybody's healthy, everybody's happy. He's taken a realtor-level paternity leave, so I think he'll be gone for another 24 to 36 hours. <laughs> what, but, bonding with a little bambina? <laughs> bonding? No, but in all seriousness, he'll probably... You might be sticking around for a couple weeks here, Pete, uh, carrying us through the summer, so we appreciate your help. Yeah, finally, uh, the podcast has another face for radio, but also a face for commercials, But let's say. <laughs> I don't know. You, you look like you're good for the movies. So let's talk a little bit about Craig Anderson. So we got, we got one order of business out of the way. Adam, baby, everybody's ecstatic. Craig Anderson is the marketing and sales director over at Magnum. And Pete, you weren't here. Adam actually was here for the talk with Craig. And what's so excited, uh, apart from Craig just being a super nice, interesting guy, like it was a great conversation is he's been in the marketplace for over 20 years. He works at Magnum in a role that really takes a project basically from uh, from from a hole in the ground through to 
handing over the keys and welcoming new residents. And it's really about that process. He delves deep into the marketing side where it's not just, hey, we take orders for for people that are looking to buy. It's who is this project for? Why is it for a certain demographic? How is the building going to be built to make sense for that demographic? So he really gets into this kind of the interesting background on how buildings are conceived of and how important companies like Magnum and people like Craig are to that conceptual process. Yeah, Matt, that does sound interesting. I mean, I'd be interested just to hear, you know, the thought process behind the marketing, you know, from top to bottom. And I mean, you know, we we typically work on the one side and it'd be kind of nice to hear what's going on on the other side of the aisle. Yeah, and you know Craig, you've you've done a couple deals with Craig in the past. That's right. He's always been super nice. Uh, I've worked with him both on Pure West and Soleil. Okay. Okay. I hear for, he's those, a ho- for those of you taking notes at home. <laughs> I hear he's a, a hockey player. Am I going to have to check his hockey he, DB? He or? is. He's got actually, we're going to have him back for the new podcast we're planning about uh, about interesting hockey careers. I mean, that guy, he's been in Russia, South Africa. He travels with a, a beer league team internationally. Oh, this, is, this is next level. But he was a really good, he played junior. I mean, Craig's a good hockey player. But one I would of like the things, to hear if he had any, any stories from Russia and the yeah, Russian gas. Well, yeah, we were, apparently Putin was playing a couple of rinks over and how, you know, it's like the goalie jumps out of the net as he takes a shot type thing. But uh, let's, let's stick on the real estate here, Pete, because one other thing that Craig mentions that's really interesting is he's over the course of his career de- developed quite a portfolio himself. I would say he's a, a step above the mom and pop investor uh, that, we, uh, that we're talking about so much on this program. But he has some interesting ideas on how to keep tenants happy. And obviously keeping tenants happy, as we've talked about on the program, is paramount to, to having properties that are well-maintained and keeping the rents up and the property values up. So that is a, that's a really interesting take. One I hadn't heard before. Um, and what else do we got, Pete? And what else do we got? Well, we've got Vancouverism to give away. You've heard of this book, haven't you, Pete? We've had Larry Beasley on the show talking about his book, Vancouverism, and we're giving away copies. We've already given away a few. I know. I'm still waiting for my signed copy. Do I, isn't, isn't there a thing called nepotism there's, over here? There's a thing called write a review on Google, Pete, and that's what you got to do in order to get put into this draw. Google Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. On the right-hand side, you're going to see a review uh, on the business page, hit the okay. review button. All right, you do, do, do I right-click it or left-click it? No, you, you left-click. You write the review. We've we've received a, a whole bunch. We're giving away another book today. We'll do it after the interview. That's right. Stay tuned for the name. Stay tuned for the name. And uh, and thank you so much for everyone. The, the reviews have been just fantastic. We're going to keep giving away these books. And, uh, and believe me, you'll want a copy of this book, Pete. You haven't seen it. It's like a coffee table book. Vancouverism, really well written, but tons of photos. It makes you look intelligent. Tons of pictures. Oh, I like those. (laughs) You do, you do. So let's cut to our talk with Craig Anderson, Marketing and Sales Director for Magnum. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so we're here with Craig Anderson, Director of Marketing and Sales at Magnum Projects. How are you doing, Craig? Excellent. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Yeah, thanks for taking the time today, Craig. No, my pleasure. And, and coming down to the studio. It's great having <laughs> you in the studio. Appreciate that. Are you, <laughs> you look impressed by the studio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for all the listeners out there, you should see this for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, Craig, can you maybe start by telling us a little bit about yourself? For sure. Um, been working in the real estate industry coming on 20 years now. Um, grew up in the metropolis of Merritt. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. The uh, gar- the uh, what is it? The community, the bedroom community of Vancouver. Yes, Mayor <laughs> BC. Um, yeah, and been here since I think '89. Yeah, and then started in in the real estate side in the very early 2000s. Yeah. What? Why? Why the move to Vancouver? Uh, I just think you know. Um, opportunity of course go to school you know all of the things that brings you to if you're leaving if you're in merit you're either going to Kelowna Kamloops Vancouver or Calgary it's kind of where you end up right and and follow up why why real estate so can you talk a little bit about how you got into real estate yeah it was interesting um at the time um the market was really heating up it was the early 2000s and uh I'd always had an interest in real estate and specifically pre-sale real estate and didn't really have an avenue or an outlet or didn't even know where to begin and um uh, as we were chatting a bit off air, I've got this interesting hockey team of guys, and they're all kind of connected to pre-sale and real estate. And it was one of those where I said, "Hey, would you be interested in looking at a bit of a career change? And is this something that you'd like to like to do?" And uh, we had this the, was on the so you were playing hockey with these guys, yeah, playing hockey with these guys, yeah. You so know, hockey came first. Yeah, <laughs> yes, hockey came first. Yeah. Yes, and uh, a very interesting project came up on the Gulf Islands called Currents at Otter Bay. And we used to float plane in on Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays and work the weekends. And we were selling a, a cottage community on the water in Pender Island. Wow. And, you, yeah. and so you started kind of on the, on the floor of the display center? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's where you always start as a, you know, you work from sales coordinator in the early days into junior sales and then into sales. And then um, I guess as we started to turn in 2007, 2008, um, I had a real interest in the marketing side. I really wanted to understand the whys and the hows. You know, the sales, we show up and, uh, you know, we're kind of like the, the rock stars. I'm not going to start selling to my microphones out and, you know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, understanding really product design um, is such a big part of our world. Uh, and then I guess even, you know, from product design right through to who's our buyer and then, and, you know, that whole cycle of understanding that. So I spent... A long time, uh, probably the next well seven eight years, specifically on the marketing side. Before end up doing both the marketing and the sales. Wow! And so, okay, so just so I, I completely understand here, so you're playing hockey. <laughs> you got a bunch of guys. That Division are, one, we should say. <laughs> Div so, one, so pretty good uh, pool hockey. B. Yes, yeah, Div one pool B. <laughs> <laughs> Competitive hockey. You're working with a lot of guys in the industry, yeah. and then you started in project sales. So. You didn't do any kind of transition from residential sales. I did it, not. You, you went straight into the pre-sale world. For sure. And can you talk about, like, have you, have, how did it tie into Magnum? Like, when did you get started with Magnum? Yeah, I've been at Magnum four and a half years. And just to go back a little bit, I worked with uh, a firm out of New Westminster called uh, Pilot House, which is now Platinum, of course. And uh, I think they're um, they're reviving the name even in, of sorts. going to be uh, Pilot House again. Uh, was there for many, many years with Vince Taylor, Bill Morrison, and another gentleman, Mike Betcher, uh, was the former, if you guys have been around pre-sale at all, he was one of the former uh, innovators of Lasso. That's okay, where that yeah. came from. Wow. And uh, we had the opportunity back then to work on um, Palm Springs, or work in Palm Springs. We worked in Hawaii, we worked in uh, Surrey, White Rock, uh, we worked in Sun Rivers up in Kamloops. So we were kind of all over the place doing some recreation and, uh, recreational and some residential. That transitioned into I uh, jumped and went in-house with the guys at Executive to do the residences at West on, on West 2nd down in Olympic Village. 
And, uh, and then from there, um, there was an opportunity to do some projects in Calgary. And that was a market I really wanted to understand because I kept hearing about Calgary. And, and it was so interesting to see, you know, how they engage the realtor community a bit different um, um, and how they project market there. And then, of course, the opportunity came when, back in Vancouver when Calgary really slowed down in, in late 14 um, to come back and, and work with George. So, so you were in Calgary, yeah, back when it was when it was boom. yeah yeah i guess uh was that uh, 2012 13 14 somewhere right in there and it, that market was really moving like it was really yeah. moving and and but as we know the calgary market it when it slows down it grinds to a halt very quickly like right. within 60 days right yeah so uh, there seems like there's a lot to unpack there one question uh i have it sounds like you know, you're playing hockey with these guys and, and it seems like a clear opportunity arises, but you've always been on the pre-sale side. Like why, what do you like about pre-sales? What attracted you to that market? Or was it just that those were the guys you knew and, and it seemed like a good opportunity? Um, the, the sales side working on launches, of course, is extremely exciting. Um, uh, and then as you got into your career a bit, you really start to understand that product design, understanding who the buyer is, that was the other side of the brain. And that's, really the part I love is that you know you talk about unpacking you know unpacking a project from big from the very beginning to have a hand in what are we going to do for a sweet mix what are we going to do for sweet sizes who's this buyer what is the amenity programming all of those pieces I love and then getting to work with sales teams and we have some excellent sales teams and and engaging with them and working with them daily so also on the marketing side and the sales side and and getting a project ready to launch and then going through launches and then of course you know even like we were talking previously about sole is rolling out very interesting um, opportunities and incentives and programs, you know, to, to kind of match the market. Right. I mean, that, that Soleil comes to mind because it's such a, uh, it seems like it's such a smart design for the target buyer, right? Like that, that downsizer. Um, yeah. People, I think often don't, they think, you know, boxes in the sky, mm-hmm. slap up a building, but actually there's the, all the thought that goes into that the the design of the building and then marketing it is yeah it's kind of uh, there's there's a lot behind that yeah most projects we you know I'm engaged in some projects in Burquitlam and New Westminster right now and we've been on them two years and we're still a year away and that's you know, just looking at different opportunities for sweet mix sweet design is there any trends in the marketplace who's that buyer uh, and that's the part for me that um, we've had situations where here's a building just go sell it. And you end up with the 900 square foot one bedroom, as we've joked about before. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I can't. the target. There. Exactly. I can't <laughs> fix that. Yes. Um, and that happens when, you know, there's not a collaboration between even architect, uh, interior design, developer, and marketing and sales. You know, we in a year see in, a, in, our, in our office alone 50, 60 projects ranging from townhouse to wood frame to, to tower. Uh, so we see the most amount of work, like like you know some of our uh, of our competitors would as well. But we see so much work that we can we right away can address. Is this right for this marketplace? Right. So so a lot of people think of uh, marketing companies. I think as hey, go sell this tower that we have. But it sounds like there's a, a lot of a value add. Uh, that goes into collaborating with with the builders of these of these towers. 
Very much so. You know, architects are extremely good at designing outside of the building. And when it comes to the inside, they may not have the day-to-day intel that we do. Um, you know, prime, an example is Prime on the Plaza out in Surrey. Is That was one of our first projects that we went into that micro-suite uh, program. And we knew it would be investor-related building, and, and that, gave, that drove a price point. Um, the project over in Victoria called Customs House, we had a site condition because the building's 100 years old, or the exterior skin, that one home had a hallway that was about 30 feet long. And, you know, 30 foot long hallways times three feet wide is a lot of strata fees that you're paying you can't use. But uh, delineating Unless you have space, a lot of art. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, We delineated that space and actually made that home into a one bedroom with lock-off. So now it became a revenue home as well as a home you could stay in. So these are the things, and we used that similar program up at SFU before. The lock-off is a, is a tremendous way to add value to a home. And those are the things that we're always looking for is um, working on efficiencies in space. Back to the joke about the 900-square-foot uh, one-bedroom. Well, in certain conditions, you can move kitchens forward, move space around, create one and dens, add value for the developer, and add revenue. And that's what sure. we're always trying to do is right. maximize that revenue. And sorry, just just for our listeners who don't know the term lock off, oh, yeah. lock off suites. Yeah, it would be like a separate suite uh, with a, a small kitchen module, maybe a seven foot kitchen module, twenty four inch. So it really is a standalone. You can keep the door open; it's just another bedroom, or it is almost the size of a three hundred square foot hotel room. So you can live in one space, and then when you're not there, it can be rented separately. You can have friends come and stay, and they're not in your space. It's, it's surprising we don't do that in more projects in, in Metro Vancouver. They seem to be gaining popularity, though. For sure. I think it comes down to parking. Uh, you know, there's always, you know, there's some push and pull on the parking side, but right. they have so much value. You know, they used them up at SFU because they have a door count up there. So they're, they're, they have a certain amount of doors, but then you end up with these really large suites. And at a price point, you're, you've now moved out of your target market. Right. So by going back and doing a lock-off, you've created value for the people and they can, if they spend six months away, they still have somebody in their home. And, you know, so there's just a lot of positives around, around the value add. And that's what we're always trying to do. Right. You know, just thinking, uh, thinking Craig about your, the 20 years you've been selling pre-sale condos, obviously the market has shifted quite a bit in, in the last couple of years and mostly in, in detached in the last year and a half or so in the condo market. How, how is the pre-sale market right now? Um, I would say it's, it's back to the days of, of, uh, really solid work and not saying there isn't solid work before. It's just, there's sales and processes and follow-up and you know really making kind of connections with buyers it's no longer just of course order taking which we always get blamed oh you guys are just order takers put a sign on the lawn it'll sell itself yeah this is you know on on my programs uh, my projects i have very very specialized outreach programs for our our teams just because we know that people are busy and real estate's not top of mind and you need to be in front of them with interesting and engaging points every time not just hey how you doing yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you try and you got to work on the market um but even like soleil as i was saying uh you know do selling 80 homes since october 19th is a is a real coup out in out in white rock um, we're working on a project called Park West in West Vancouver, North Vancouver on, on the border there. And that's a very specific buyer. That's an east-west buyer. They go from Lonsdale to West Van. They tend not to really go north-south. And that's a captive market there. And since we reopened the sales center on the 22nd of June, I think we've sold 14 homes 
So we're seeing traction, but I would say we used to see 20, 25 registrants and we would be able to close one or two of that. That number, those registrant numbers are now closer to 50, 60, 70. So you're, you're having to cover a lot more ground. Right. Yep. So Craig, maybe kind of on a on a broader scale, what do you think about the market right now, even outside of pre-sale? Like just generally, you know, you've been in the real estate industry for a long time. Um, are, are you feeling kind of... Uh, you know, are you optimistic about the market for the balance of 2019 or any thoughts about the market in general? Uh, I, for sure. You know, I, I always look at the west side of Vancouver as a bellwether and seeing where homes are priced right now. Um, my wife discusses with me daily, you know, we should buy on the west side. We should buy on the west side. Like it's it's one of those that we haven't seen that sort of price point for a very long time. And, you know, with our incentives and programs and there's so much opportunity for the buyer which hasn't been there for you know the past three years at least we've seen these cycles of this but there's so much opportunity which also comes with more choice which can slow down the sales conversion process but i i just you know seeing where prices are where they're leveled what the opportunities are this is the premier time to buy you know and then even looking at we were looking at our our own mortgages what is a 10-year now under three percent like it just it it boggles my mind and i'm starting to see um you know especially when we look at registrations um is how we kind of gauge a lot of our interest and then registrations with replies that conversation between the sales team i've noticed specifically in this month of june july this pickup starting to happen and it's more questions more I'm now looking like so it's it's happening very quickly is there a, a profile of the type of buyer that's out right now or is it is it quite diverse well probably project specific too I imagine. Uh, yeah and I'm finding that shopping maps are huge just this morning I was looking at our Soleil project and over the weekend we had people from the Tri-Cities which makes sense because they would have gone to White Rock you know with their children when they're younger and an older demographic but New Westminster Panorama Ridge uh, downtown Vancouver, lots of kind of Killarney area. So this, like, I was very surprised by how wide um, people's shopping maps are right huh. now. Where they used to be, you're right about being specific. I'm going to be in Metrotown or I'm going to be in Brentwood. People are now looking across the realm, and they're and they don't mind driving further for value too. Yeah, I mean that's what we've been hearing a lot. That you know, the further east you go, the busier it is. It does seem like people are are looking for 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 the value bang for your buck right now. Uh, in a lot of cases, and that's through every um, demographic segment. You know, from the first time buyer, they're they're of course stuck with the stress test. But then even the downsizer have equity in their homes that equity's moved down so they're looking to move as well into you know they're still trying to maintain that 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 four or five hundred thousand from their home let's just say and so the homes shift and their value map has has shifted as well right um we're seeing some of the 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 developers we work with have projects out in yorkson and out in those areas and they're doing tremendously well because you know it's oh three more this weekend four more this weekend and it's quietly just moving along you're like interesting so under some very specific price points 500 600,000 you know those are price points that are really really hitting the market right now is that like if you could pick any project to be marketing right now is that kind of what you'd for in terms of just 
easily selling a project very quickly. Is that kind of the sub 500 market or? There really seems to be, even in, in central Surrey with the smaller product, you know, those price points are keep, you keep hearing those price points over and over again. And land price would, would dictate that would be out farther out there. But if you're looking at, you know, the Abbotsford market right now, or, you know, even some of, I hear there's a project firing up in Mission that, uh, and Abbotsford that are, is getting really good traction. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, and you're you're thinking, but wow, um, people still are looking for investments. They're looking to get in the market. They're looking at all things, and and these are the markets that they can afford. And, and it makes sense that from an affordability perspective too. But in in Vancouver, uh, it seems like the conversation has shifted so much towards cash flow, uh, where people aren't playing the capital appreciation at least in the short term here uh, as much, and and they're more interested in cash flow and out out in mission and other places like that seems to be where you can actually, you know, walk away with a little bit of money in your, in your pocket yeah. at the end of every month. Yeah. Where you're, you are, you know, you're break even or, or, or breaking even or doing a little right. better. And that's, that's that market um, that you're seeing kind of even East of, of central Surrey that, and there's just, there's not a lot of, you know, projects out that way, right. but so there's a little bit of its own, own marketplace happening out there. Yeah, I don't know if you know Trevor Street, but I yeah I ran into him. I don't know if that's who you're talking about. He was marketing something out, and he was saying basically for him, and he works kind of he does from yeah. the Tri Cities all the way yeah. out there. Uh, he was basically saying the further east my project is, the better it's selling right now. Yeah, and that's that, that's Trevor from Partners Market. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, uh, the Pilot House guys, they have some stuff out that way as well. And I'm just hearing really positive reports about about what's going on. Okay, so so Craig, maybe maybe kind of changing gears a little bit. So outside of of your job and what you like specifically about your role with pre-sales, what do you just like about pre-sales in general? Uh, like from a buyer's perspective. From a buyer's yeah. perspective. And we may be a bit, a bit different, my wife and I. Um, we own, uh, we've bought multiple pre-sale and we still own them. Right. We went in every time saying, what does this look like 25 years from now? Um, you know, flip is not something that I've ever wanted to do. I've wanted to buy and hold as an investment strategy. And that's something where we've chosen a one and den over a one bedroom, uh, probably on two or three occasions. Um, and the reason why is we just see a market segment where boyfriend, girlfriend can both give you a thousand bucks each for 2000, as opposed to a single person giving you 1600. Right. And the difference in that space is just, you know, it's only maybe 40 or 50,000, but it's going to do better in the future for resale, um, better tenants, tenants that stay longer. So I, I'm a huge fan of pre-sale, but pre-sale for the right reasons. And that reason has to be, um, you know, it's, it's part of an investment strategy for you as opposed to just maybe, you know, a quick flip or, or a gain. And that's just, but that's my personal strategy. Um, we would hold everything essentially as long as we could. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're so you're a big fan of the one in den. I am a big fan of the one in den. Yes, and especially the den and this is kind of a, something I like to do if you can create the space that's uh 7 by 8 has a den because we it can become a single bed in there. Uh, it can become the office. It can become the TV room, the doghouse, depending if you come home late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is uh, rather than, you know, the four by five, which is the uh, called the flex. But true dens that work in a space make all the difference. Yeah, right. that falls under almost under the junior two bedroom then. Right. Yeah, and gives you a, a lot more latitude 
um, all of a sudden now you're reaching out to you know an older renter or you know a couple or even a single person it just gives them more space yeah. yeah and if it has a window matt will call it a two-bedroom <laughs> <laughs> master marketer yes 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 um, no but all, i mean even just as a as a nursery right for those families like that leverage the fact that because we we sit down with young couples all the time that want to sell their one bedroom because they they want to have a start a family right and that just gives you if if you're in a bad market and you have that den you can buy a little bit of time by just using the den as a nursery right or i guess for sure another thing we do too is i was telling you about that project i did on pender island years ago and um it's a quarter ownership development you get 13 weeks a year and i i can never use 13 weeks but what i do in all of my craigslist ads is you know every year's lease comes with a week's vacation on pender island like it's, we got the space, we're already paying for it, but rewarding them for staying has been really, really valuable. Wow. So one year turns into two, two yeah. turns into three. I don't like painting. And yeah. I don't, so, <laughs> so if I can, if they want to go to Pender, I, and then what I found is that they say, Hey, is it, is it available in October? So yes, okay, yes, go ahead. Yeah. You know, we only go over two, three weeks a year because that's all we have a time for, but they, uh, it's, that has been a, a reward and a benefit for us. And we've had excellent tenants and stay a very long time and treat your place really well. Th- that's, that's really interesting. We just had an episode, uh, on, on kind of strategies, uh, for, for engaging tenants and, and what is, do you have any tips for people in terms? I mean, that, that seems like a fantastic idea that, that that's kind of thinking outside the box, right? Where you're Tenants would be blown away, I think, or most tenants. I've never heard of yeah. that. That would be uh, something that's so exciting that you get kind of a free vacation. It is, yeah. It's a, and for that, um, I, that just came about I, because there was a time when I remember I listed our place at uh, at Tapestry on Heather and Twelfth, right? And you know, I love how renters watch the market by twenty five dollar increments. You know, if you're twenty one hundred dollars for a two bedroom, no phone calls. Twenty uh, twenty seventy five, one phone call. Okay, so you know you <laughs> you know where to find the market. Yeah. And I finally said, how do I you know take a little bit of what we do every day and and roll this into this into our investment world call it and that was where that idea came from so so craig so obviously uh you've you've thought about investing in real estate long and hard and and i you know just thinking about your your kind of long-term hold strategy like why why take that approach and can you talk about just you know what makes an in, a good investment and how you consider investments overall yeah we get of course to see the buildings first and um, things that you do know about pre-sale or know about investment is, is I can't get a significant amount of money for a pre-sale on the top floor as a rental as opposed to the bottom floor. So if it's a two-bedroom on the fifth floor or the 20th floor, essentially the rent's going to be the same. But when we price buildings, we price on an average. So you take the middle of the building and we kind of extrapolate from there. So as an investment strategy, I'm always looking for the most home I can get on the lowest floor because renters, if they're going to stay one, two years, they're looking for value. And I want to be able to match that value with the price I paid. So I've had lots of people come to me and say, I'm looking for investment. Um, I want to buy on the 20th floor. And I kind of say, okay, walk me through your thought process. Well, I think my people would want to have a great view. Well, you're only going to get $25 a month more. And for the difference in price you'll pay, it's, you can't pay that 50000 off or that $100,000 off for that view premium 
at $25 at a time. You just mm-hmm. can't do it. So investment, you know, I find that if you're looking lower floor, you're looking for unique plans. This is always a, a, a strategy I have. Um, you're looking for that kind of maybe odd-shaped one-bedroom um, only because, or maybe not odd-shaped, but just that there's not a lot of them. So when you go to sell, if you ever do in the future, you're not competing against other product, right. like an entire stack. Because if there's somebody that's on the 30th floor and they have to let the home go, you know, now they've set the market. Yeah. So sure. I'm looking for just little variances. I'm looking for creative space, the one and den, the two, be- the the junior two bedroom. You know, some of those products because they they will be artificially reduced in price, being lower in the building, and then also sometimes they can be discounted because of the shape or the plan or the something. Right. And is the is the long term goal then from your holdings cash flow then basically for sure we're gonna we're into um, I think three years eight years, 10 years, and 12 years on the ones we have right now. And the idea about that is we would like to carry them on right through until they're at a spot with, with cash flow that that cash flow can start purchasing other ones as well. Right. Yes. And do you like, um, I mean, you're in a unique position to capitalize on the presale market, but uh, presumably all those were presales. Like your, your investments are presales. So you're buying brand new. Yes. Yeah. We buy brand new. And, and the one thing, you know, I'll go back and your question earlier is, is a lot of people don't go and get um, approved for a mortgage right when they buy a presale. And I recommend it wholeheartedly. There's certain banks like TD and RBC that will, um, th- that once you're approved, you know, they essentially what they say, there's no look backs. It's that's a, that's a mortgage in their mind. And getting that approval process done at the beginning, not at the end, makes all the sense in the world. And they appraise it. At the beginning, right? That's right? Not at the end, which is that's, the key component. It is. And then knowing that that's just off your mind for the next two and a half, three years, it's it's the one thing I tell people to do and they probably don't do enough of is as a strategy, get that done. Sure. And then you know exactly um, what your, you know, essentially your payment will change because they can adjust it as the bill, as the time goes on when you close. But this is something that this is now dealt with. And because uh, and, at the end of a project, lots of times you need to close it right away. And sure. you're running and it's just in, in the market conditions may have changed and there's a lot of things, but if you're buying pre-sale, get settled now, plan for the future. Yeah. Do you buy parking or? No um, parking? We, we do actually. Uh, that's another big value because uh, you're finding tenants today. We have a 26 year old um, and she, you know, doesn't use her parking spot. But the $208 a month she gets for parking pays almost all of her strata fees. Right. So that is a strategy that we do if we, you know, the place we have, we bought an extra parking. And uh, while well, I put one of my old cars there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we should say, Greg has several cars. <laughs> that would be, it's a great strategy for, um, for you know, even return cash flow. I think, it's a, I think it's a great buy. Even the big one, though, in the world today is storage. Right. Like the world of storage is is so kind of underthought. It's the one thing that can change a project. If you remember, there's a project out in Yorkson, and they did these roll-up doors at the end of your parking spot, and they were four feet deep, eight and a half feet wide, and that was what sold the project. You'd think it's sure. views or yeah, you know the so appliances, but it was storage. The place to put your golf clubs. Yes, yeah. and your snow tires, and your. Because that's that's people just don't have enough space. Right. Well, the, the storage business is like one of the fastest growing businesses, and and you think about 
especially now um, with parking, you know, the, the only concern when we, we have we've had this debate before about the way that transportation is changing, specifically in the city of Vancouver. But we're also moving towards one of those markets like San Francisco, where to park outside for an hour, it costs you seven bucks. Right. So and there's and it's all pay parking. So yes. you think that parking is is going to be something in a long term scenario where. Uh, you know, eventually one day it might be worth as much as the unit almost. Yeah. Um, but the the storage is another aspect as well. And we're seeing a lot of developers move to bike lockers, kind of the smaller storage units. Um, is that something, so would you suggest even buying more than one storage locker if you had the opportunity? If you have the opportunity, for sure. Because if you ever get to a spot in your life where you got rid of all of your stuff, good for you, and go and rent it out. Because these are just, it's an ATM, right? It's cash flow, just giving you... So parking and storage, and there's never enough of it. It's, right. It's, uh, yeah, I love I love that idea, uh, and it's something I think a lot of people don't think about. Uh, and you made the point already, but you know, say you have a one bedroom that you're renting out in Olympic Village, chances are your tenant is going to not have a car. But then you know you have the ability to just rent that out on top, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's just cash flow. Right. It is, and just, if even on the board on P1 where we are down Olympic Village, I think there's five. Uh, request for parking you know it's it's amazing at all times there's people that are and they have parking whether they use a car on the weekend or they maybe they work out you know outside of vancouver to go the other direction it's a need that just has to be there mm-hmm. so craig any other tips like so for people going into a pre-sale looking at it as for as a primary residence or as an investment what are other tips that that you would look for the conversation always starts with you know what's your plan for the home uh, is this investment or is it end use? What are you going to do with it? And if it's if it's investment, um, I'm always going to talk a little bit about the monthly costs. You know, you're going to have strata fees, of course. You know, your property taxes, all of that. Strata fees can be, you know, there can be a big difference between a thousand square foot two bedroom and an eight hundred and fifty square foot two bedroom. It's one hundred and fifty square feet on strata fees, and you extrapolate that over the twenty years or twenty five years. That is something that people should really, you know, be looking at is, is those homes that have a little more value. They're designed probably for, you know, that rental market, that investor market. And, um, and, and for me, that's the savings alone is, uh, makes all the sense in the world. So the, you know, a lot of people, uh, kind of scratch their head at a 670 square foot, two bedroom, one bath, but from an investment perspective, that might be the perfect fit. It is. And back to, you know, um, the rental community that, that uh, I've been engaged with, as I said, 2100, 2075, 2050, they're looking for value yeah. in $25 increments. And if they have decided that, you know, they, everything in their life can fit into the 667 square feet because they're not home very much, they might travel for or whatever that is, that works for them and they're going to design that space. And the other thing too, just is, uh, you know, if we've had a lot of, call it, uh, a lot of luck with millwork, if you can, and uh, sometimes you can, you can, in the industry, you can buy that millwork that was in the display home. <laughs> but having that in and already in place for your tenants sometimes has been, um, uh, has been real value for us. And people don't realize how expensive millwork is. It is unbelievable, yes. right? It's, yeah. a, it's a huge value add if you can if you can get it. Yes. Um, kind of thinking about maybe even, uh, and I know you you do a lot of projects throughout the Metro Vancouver area. 
What about areas? Like, are, do you have any areas that you're currently excited about, or do you have any strategy in terms of just where you're buying throughout Metro Vancouver? Um, I might be a little biased because we spent so much time in Westminster, but I love that market. It's always been just a little under the radar. It's got five transit stops. It's an area in transition. Like we did Pier West there last year, and you saw we broke a thousand bucks a foot with that product. And uh, so that market, people love that market. Yeah. You're 28 minutes to downtown. Um, and then the other thing is not everybody works downtown. So you're going the other direction. You're the same distance, 20, 25 minutes to, to you know, you want to go to right. Surrey or even over to North Burnaby. So New West being so central, it's a tremendous community. And I think it gets overlooked a lot because it, it is an older community. There's some older buildings there, but it's really started to change. And it's quietly, you know, coming on the radar. It seems to go in these ebbs and flows where it becomes hot for five or six years and then it goes quiet, but it's in a market that at the price point, even single family homes, you'll see a uh, five to 7% kind of price difference between there and just across the road in Burnaby, just across 10th Avenue. And you're going, this doesn't make any sense. But yeah. It's an exceptional market that I think is really overlooked. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and very walkable too. Uh uphill, you'll have great big cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is it is a you know, you look at some of the built-in amenities already being Queens Park that's there. Um the it just I, I'm such a fan of that even the transit and you know from Douglas College there's there's just so much going on and it's I I see it only as getting better. It's a it's a real community. Um, we've done a lot of work in North Van, and they're doing the same thing with the four communities in Maplewood, uh, Lynn Valley, um, down at Lionsgate Village. Uh, those those kind of centralized transit hubs, but New West already has those built in. Mm-hmm. And there's value there. It's funny because we've, we've had a lot of developers on the program, and, and a lot of them, their choice area was, was New West, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and I think it's it's also it's it's not a huge area of land as well, right? So it's I think the redevelopment opportunity or the development opportunities are a little bit more limited than when considering maybe parts of Brentwood or or, or sorry parts of Burnaby or or kind of surrounding areas, right? And New West is uh, there were some really well done townhomes done in the '90s there, uh, and that market has been begging for townhomes. It's just there's not that transitional step from condo to townhouse to home, and it's missing that. So there's a real need for townhouse product, especially within a certain price point. And if you spend any time looking or designing townhomes, it's really a mathematical equation. You know, whatever you can fit under nine hundred fifty thousand square feet. You know, when you add in construction costs and land, and that's what you get. And it's, uh, uh, it's, 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 I, I just can't say enough about it for that market. It is such, I've seen so many people, and you guys even know you were talking about Tim. I'm sure he would love to have that product to sell mm-hmm. because there's just nothing there that that buyer can move from a condo across into, into a townhouse. There's no transitionary step. They have to move and, and go to another community. Yeah. We should clarify Tim Hill. A surprisingly good hockey player. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> Out of New West. Yes. Friend of the show. <laughs> uh, maybe switching gears a little bit, um, a lot of people are, are talking about kind of the doom and gloom, and, and some people are are consistently saying, watch out, people aren't going to be able to complete on on uh, properties that they bought two years ago, uh, you know, this year, next year. Are you guys seeing any of that? Like you're, you're kind of on the inside there. Yeah. Um, with the recent buildings that have closed and, you know, some are on Kingsway and very well-known developers, we've had no problems. Yeah. You know, we've had no problems. People, uh, if they bought four, three, three years ago, there's still value there in what they have. Um, 
at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're still looking for a home or looking for an investment. There's going to be ebbs and flows in the people that did go and get their mortgage approved ahead of time. Like that's it's So it's off their radar. It's just, yeah. um, and if we still look at rents, rents, even in this current market, what did I just read lately? Uh, that two bedrooms now 3000 a month. So like that, that, that side of the marketplace, I believe with the amount of projects that have they've been, they've been shelved, let's call it for, for the future that's just going to put more pressure on the rental market. So you're going to see rents increase. So these people that are buying today, they're thinking, oh, yeah, my goodness, what's going to happen next year when I close? Well, I think they'll be surprised. There's still people moving to Vancouver. It's still a, you know, the, one of the world's best cities. And all of a sudden, we're not going to have product for people to buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the one thing we're noticing right now at Magnum. We have, uh, we have multiple projects that have inventory to sell. And having inventory here, especially for the next 12 months, is going to be key to this marketplace because people are still out there. They're still yeah. out there actively looking. So Craig, so um, any any predictions for the market in the next maybe one, three, and five years? Um, I'm going to say, you know, back to New West, back to Burnaby, some of those outlying areas, those prices have really started to settle. Um, I think Burquitlam also, I was going to get to that earlier, is one of the finest pieces of real estate right now um, that's being kind of developed. There is a 10-acre park that's being built right now, which will be, it, 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 you know, that sort of infrastructure with the YMCA, with transit, with the park, that neighborhood is changing. So I'm very, very bullish on Burquitlam. I'm very bullish on New West. Um, you know, even, you know, continued around areas of, of transit, like, you know, Metrotown. But that would be, so my one-year prediction is keep an eye on New West, keep an eye on Burquitlam because it's, it's starting to find its legs. I think it's going to go. And in the next three years with what's happening there, that is a uh, that's a market you want to be be watching. Yeah. Also, and, the and West Side. <laughs> it sounds like you're looking <laughs> according to oh, yeah. Craig's according, wife. According to my, my wife, yes. Yeah. Hello, Colleen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and, also an industry. We should say she is an industry. Uh, yes, she is expert. Right? Yes, she She's is over yeah. at Concert Properties. Yes, she is. And uh, looking at the West Side at the single family home market, um, seeing where prices are right now, that is. Um, when this market starts to move again, that's such a great bellwether. Yeah. And you keep an eye on that because those home values are off, you know, I would say, you know, 10%, 15% and that we haven't seen that consistently for a very long time. There's a lot of value coming up over there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, and I guess the other thing is when you, especially people that have been in the market for a long time, you've been in the market 20 years, but you're buying real estate with a long-term hold strategy. So obviously you're, you're, long-term outlook of this market is is you're very bullish oh for sure for sure I've, um even to the point where um we don't really like to look at projects outside of vancouver to own in but uh, we will potentially buy in the next few months in victoria because i'm really bullish on victoria with the tech sector there um there's 880 tech companies that have kind of sprouted up and people who used to go to university there would leave for vancouver leave for calgary seattle they're staying the, even if you look at the restaurant scene there, it's changed dramatically, and that's just a younger buyer staying and wanting. Um, so I, I really like Victoria, um, but I would own in Vancouver. You know, we're looking at some stuff in North Van in the future. We're looking at stuff in Burquitlam ourselves. So ideally, if we can continue to buy and hold for the future, that's that's what we want to do. Yeah, I love that idea. What is this community going to look like in 25 years? Like that. That's a that's a great question to ask yourself. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And Craig, before we let you go, we've got this segment called the Five Wire. Five quick questions about Vancouver. Can you stick around for that? Of course. Excellent. So question number one, what is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? Douglas Park. 
That was quick. That was quick. And he used to live right near there. Right yes. near there. Yeah. But now you've been down to Olympic ter- Village. Oh, and that's a, a that's spot. a one B. Yeah. <laughs> Olympic Village is a one B. Yes. <laughs> Favorite bar or restaurant? Oh, Kiefer Bar. Oh, I love Kiefer Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the old medicinal kind of posters there. They, oh, uh, yes, they kind of yes. creep me out. But, uh, <laughs> and they, they have a burlesque night. They do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. <laughs> Where is the first place that you bring someone from out of town? And, and, and no repeats, no Douglas Park. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to go to Olympic Village because it's such a jumping off point. You go, you know, west to Granville Island. You go right to Science World. Uh, you can jump on the on the little putt putts and, and go across. It's just it's such a great place to to you come in off the uh, uh, come in from the airport and it's a just it's a great starting point. Yeah, and you know, I I should say I, I had people in from out of town last summer and we had a pizza and beer at Tap and Barrel on mm-hmm. the patio. And yeah. that knocks people's socks off, like just sitting out there on a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there's, it's a pretty good vantage point from, you know, looking yeah. north at the, at the skyline. The, the little restaurants that have popped up there, um, there's one called Gusto, and it's the guys from Frederico Supper Club right here by, by you guys. Yeah. It's the nephew, and it's this little gelato pizza, and it's very Italian, and, and it's such a great spot. And we're seeing all these little venues start to open up. You know, Nook opened up just uh, on right, West 2nd, right. and, and there's going to be more um, retail and commercial in Main and 2nd, the project Magnum did. Uh, so that whole area is changing from Tocofino just up a little bit too. It's uh, it's very walkable. I love I love the neighborhood. Right on. Uh, what is one piece of advice you would give yourself, your eighteen year old self, if you could today? Uh, spend some time in other markets. Like just don't focus. And I got the real opportunity, and I would have liked to actually stayed in some of those markets longer. You know, we would f- kind of parachute into Palm Springs. You've been in for a week, and then oh, I want to go home. Stay, you know, sometimes just go and sit in the bar, listen to the bartender, just talk a little bit. You learn so much when you just sit and listen. Um, getting to know a neighborhood, getting to know a new community, especially if you're going to work in those communities. Yeah, just it's, you know, you got nowhere to be anyway. You might as well. But I would have my 18-year-old self, I would have said, if you're going to work in these markets, spend a little more time. Yeah. Yeah. And and final question: What is something that you've bought for under five hundred dollars recently that's had a positive impact on your life? Oh, uh, I'd have to say uh, my daughter got a new soccer ball, and that is the positive impact. Yes. Are you goalie? Uh, I think I'm more of a target. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just from like the chest up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How old's your daughter? She's nine. All right. Oh uh, yes. I got a seven-year-old, so oh, it's it's such a magical time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right on. Well, hey, thanks so much, Craig. That was a that was a great conversation. Thanks for coming down to the to the studio, and uh, yeah, that was and, great. And how can people find out more about what you're doing and and Magnum? I wish I there's I, there's no CraigAnderson.com, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, you know, as I said, the stuff that I'm working on tends to be kind of on the North Shore or in other areas. But uh, Magnum's website, of course, all the projects we currently have going on, um, and you can reach out to me by by Instagram as well. If you know, sounds good. Yeah. All right. Thank Thanks you guys. So. I really appreciate it. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Craig Anderson, Marketing and Sales Director for Magnum Projects. 
Yep, Craig's always great to listen to. That's uh, you didn't actually hear it yet, Pete, but it was very, very interesting that conversation. <laughs> I'm saying it preemptively. I know he's going to deliver. You know, you know Craig, and you know he delivers. That's right. So the thing, uh, what I found most interesting about that, Pete, listen to this. What Craig does is he bought a property on the island that okay. he can use for a certain amount of time a year, and he gives it to uh, his tenants to use a weekend for free. Wow, that's a great way to keep tenants happy. That's a great way to keep tenants happy. It's a, What an incentive, eh? I mean, I, I might still be renting if somebody ever did that for me. <laughs> okay, Matt, let's let's get to uh, brass tacks here. you got to tell me what's going on with this draw house. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't know what's going on. I, you've never listened to the podcast before. so No, no, of course not. I just am very generous with my voice talents. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so what happens is we've been asking people for reviews okay and as everybody knows you go on to google okay on the business profile for us so if you type in vancouver real estate podcast you go to the business profile there's a review button you write a review there okay all those names go in a hat okay let me write this down this time keep, yeah. keep going okay so all those names go in a hat and we've been drawing a winner every week we got signed larry beasley copies of vancouverism and an endless supply here guys so just keep those reviews coming <laughs> although i don't know how much longer we'll do it on the show um so this week we have another winner uh secret drum solo please Sounds like Garth to me. <laughs> anyway, okay, so Secret passed me the piece of paper. Thank you. Okay, so this week's winner is Maria Kim Bautista. And here's the review. This is capitalized, by the way. Best podcast ever. Great content infused with the perfect amount of humor. Well, not that... Uh, she wrote that even before you came on the show. Pete. I know. I the the humor is going to be through the roof now. I don't know if it's <laughs> going to put it off balance. Congratulations to Maria Kim Bautista. And just a note for whoever's at iTunes, we'd like to keep this in the business section. Uh, just me being on the podcast is going to probably bring it to comedy, but we got to keep it uh, keep it in the right spot here. <laughs> All right. Well, Maria, get in touch. We'll get you a signed copy. Congratulations. Thank you so much for that review. That was That was very generous of you. And what else do we got? We got VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com and sign up today. We have tips and tricks. We got the news feed. We got things like the live wire, Pete. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. This is our weekly newsletter where you get assignment deals, deal of the month, updated news, updated episodes. There is no reason why you shouldn't be getting the live wire. We also have things like PCS. Matt, let me tell you, if you're not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us are power walking by with now a new addition, a stroller. <laughs> I was going to say, Adam might be out of a job the way this is going. Uh, okay, so PCS. So what do you get on with PCS? You get realtor-level realtor information. That includes, one, sold prices. Two, listings come 36 to 72 hours before they do to the public. And three, days on market. Huge. All right, so you heard it here first. We got the live art, we got PCS, and we love to hear from you. So 
get in touch at any time. You can call me at 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. You can also get in touch with me at 604-782-7484 or Peter at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also got that secret schooling line. Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. It's weird. He was like... Three echo, centimeters echo, from echo. the mic, and it still sounded like that. Uh, that was info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com for anyone that's hard on hearing. All right. Take care, guys. We'll be back next week, and who knows? Adam might be back, but I suspect we'll still have Peter in the uh, driver's seat. See you next time. 2,000 Faces for Radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. <laughs>